0: Welcome back to another episode of The Millennial Entrepreneur. My name's Cena, and I'm following the journeys of other young entrepreneurs. And this episode is a special one. We're, we're Episode 51, one away from 52, which would be a year since I started the podcast. It's pretty crazy. And so, yeah, in this episode, I spoke with Nate, the founder of an amazing prosthetics company, Koala, recent Forbes 30 winner and just all-round great guy. We chat about why he decided to start a prosthetics company and what his thoughts are around the wider product availability is for the disabled around the world. Howie also tested the product in the market as he doesn't actually struggle with the problem himself. He had to find ways to find and communicate with his end user. And so that whole process he found extremely valuable and he shares insights of how he did it and what he found out in this episode as well. Also why he feels like this market needs innovating, where existing prosthetics on the market can cost around 25,000 pounds to buy, which is like absolutely crazy. His ones are like a fraction of the price and you know, way more comfortable, according to his users. So, you know, he's really shaking up the industry uh, with his products. This is also his first recorded chat after winning 430. And so, yeah, we chat about that too. Uh, so, stay tuned for his reaction there. It's a really great episode. And yeah, it's, it's an amazing one that I really hope that you enjoy. So, that brings me to this week's shout out. So, in case you don't know, every week I'm doing a shout out to someone who's left a written review on Apple Podcasts as just a way of saying thank you because I appreciate the support so much. Like the the reviews keep coming in, even though I've been going for a year now. And yeah, it's just very humbling and just, yeah, very, very nice of you guys to to carry on the reviews. I really appreciate it so, so so much. And anyway, this shout out goes to Yazzie who says, inspiring and thought-provoking conversations. The host carries conversations with inspirational and unconventional entrepreneurs from a variety of backgrounds and industries with ease and flair pleasure to listen to and thought provoking highly recommended a listen thank you so much for that comment it's so nice to hear that you're enjoying the podcast it really gives me massive motivation to continue putting out quality episodes for you guys to enjoy because it's such a lovely process like and, and i really appreciate every listener um believe me it, it's really nice to, to hear your support so yeah if you want to also feature next episode in the form of a shout out please be sure to leave a written review with your name of course because otherwise i don't know who you are and yeah, I'll give you a shout out of the next episode as a way of saying thank you. So yeah, that's it for me. Let's get on with the episode. Hey Nate, how you doing? Very good. How are you doing, man? Yeah, really good. I'm really excited to finally have you on the podcast. I've been waiting for a, a few weeks or so, but yeah, it's so good to finally have thank you God's on. Again, and it's kind of timely as well because you just you just won Forbes 30 Under 30, right? That must that's a pretty big achievement. How are you feeling off the back of that? Oh
1: gosh, um, I'm not good with receiving awards <laughs> it's like I it's not it's not my award that's the thing i mean it's it's the team at koala that do everything i know that so like i feel a bit awkward um you know accepting it but i mean it's obviously like so i'm so chuffed with it it's like really humbling
0: yeah like we we couldn't have timed this podcast any better <laughs> i feel because we we organized it before they even announced it yeah and literally i think a few days ago they literally like announced it and then like now you're on the podcast so this is your first media interview pretty much since the uh since the announcement I guess exclusive how do you feel (laughs) exactly (laughs) I got got the exclusive here got your first reaction that's That's good um but I think it'd be really good to I guess well firstly like people to know about a bit about you and and koala but like I guess more profoundly like we've never had any I, I talked to you about this before we hit record but we've never had anyone on the podcast before within this sort of industry or niche or so I kind of get, always get astounded whenever I find entrepreneurs like we've 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 covered like 50 episodes now but we still I still find people who are like in completely different industries and it's really it's really cool especially young people as well it's not like I can't find young people within that certain industry like there's always going to be a few people, a few game changers who are doing amazing stuff, and so you're doing you're doing exactly what i was just saying, but in in prosthetics, which is amazing to see. So I think it would be great for people to find out more about, I guess, what is Koala basically.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know what Koala is now is it's so exciting, and 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 really, we just think of ourselves as a service that's here to support people with limb difference. So it's it's quite a fragmented community of people who either been born without limbs or or lost their limb and we quite enjoy just being here for whatever they might need whether they need some device to do something and we have soft prosthetics that we can just send to them like through the post like clothes or like shoes but other times it's you know people just need advice they just need to like see you know they people who have just lost their limb they want to know what to expect and talk to someone who's been through it before and because we're a community of of people just like that we can link them up and so yeah, we have a range of services but we're just here to help people with limb difference and it's you wait i mean every day is awesome like the amount of people you talk to and the heartwarming story is that like, you know i can't think of anything i'd rather be doing all my time
0: yeah yeah it's so it's so genuine to actually see because you obviously like have a massive passion towards us and it's so nice to hear that um, I think where like where I'd like to go with it is like I guess where did that passion start with? Like
1: where did it actually like originate from? Because yeah, it'd be really interesting to hear. I always get asked if I have like if I if I have like a personal connection, like if my if a family member I mean, I don't I don't have a family member with any limb difference. I I have both my hands and both my legs. I mean, for me it started because we started the whole sort of idea of doing prosthetics started back in university. Um in Imperial College, and we're four mechanical engineering nerds. And we just like the idea of, you know, building robots and making an Iron Man suit and all this kind of jazz, <laughs> you know, the standard stuff that you do when you're in uni. Um, but really early on in the project to do this prosthetic, this low cost prosthetic, we met a guy who, you know, is my favorite person in the world. Um, and we work to together, you know, every day on this now. Alex Lewis um, and you know aside from traveling the world and generally being a legend and being a designer and a dad um, he had limb loss he's lost both of his arms and both of his legs so he lives with prosthetics all day every day and just absolutely fell in love with the idea of just making something useful for him so when we were at uni we just wanted to make something that was useful for him because what he was asking for uh, from his prosthetics was so different to what we'd heard, or what we'd read in, you know, like journal articles and seen on TV, and which would lead down the track of make things more complicated, make them look like your hands, look like your legs, make them all singing or dancing. um Whereas he was just completely turned the thing on his head. He was saying, "Look, gents, I just want something that's really, really comfy because I'm wearing it all day. I just want something that's really, really easy to use." I just want something so that if I want a different one like I want a blue one or if I want to go play golf with it I can go out and buy one myself I don't have to beg someone for money and those sounded like really easy problems and that's what yeah. we sort of wanted to focus on um, and just, just honestly just fell in love with the problem <laughs> and trying to do something different in the area. I'd love to kind of unpick the answer because
0: it's really interesting what you just said there. Because just for like value for the audience, because you, what you've done there essentially is found your ideal customer and you've built a profile around them of what they want, what they don't want, why you know what they're using it for already. You've built a very decent idea from basically day one of what uh, your product will achieve and what like who will use it as well, who like and I guess who will, who will pay for it also, and then immediately as well you know exactly what they're using already what doesn't work for them so i feel like already you're like miles ahead of a lot of other people who kind of see it and kind of do a lot of desk research which is good initially but there's nothing like actually speaking to your end customer for sure so or end user sorry because it's just like always yeah it's always better validation in in that sense yeah so i guess how do you feel like it might have been different for you if you didn't speak to if you didn't speak to him and you just went down the road of say desk research? Like the products must have been like fundamentally so different from what it is now. Well, I think have you ever thought about that? Well, it's it,
1: funny enough. So the first, I had a really good. I'm running back here. I go off on tangents, but I had a really really good design technology teacher at high school, and I still talk to him now. As a class, we still get together when we're allowed to. You know, now obviously pandemic, but when we're allowed to. And, and hang out because the way he used to teach us just completely informed how I think about stuff and he would always talk about fab design and, and fab is features and benefits fab and so he'd always be like look find out the features of something and find out what the benefit is because if it doesn't have a benefit get rid of it and what that process relies on fundamentally is talking to someone who uses the product so you find your user like that's the first Thing you do before you even put pen to paper, talk to someone who's experiencing the problem. So it's just ingrained in how I kind of think, and I've really taken that for granted. He was an amazing teacher. Um, and so I always feel like, and this happens now, I feel like part of your brain knows when you're solving a problem without being sure whether it's a problem. Mm-hmm. I, I really feel like part of your brain knows, and you get it from desk research. It's like you get the idea about what you're talking about, but you can't like taste it it's it's missing something you know um and we kind of had that at the start of, of of the project to make prosthetics i mean we'd come with our own just ideas of what we wanted to make like we wanted to make something look like a hat we wanted to make something that was like terminator like and moved and was cool and i was just like ingrained in our brains and so we were lucky to talk to Alex really alone, but even then what he was saying was different to us. So our brains immediately kind of like, ah, he really means this. And so we spent like the first nine months, we talked to him once and then spent nine months making this prototype that was like hand shaped and had all these motors. and. So really,
0: not really kind of listening to him at, at, in the first instance?
1: Not, not honestly, humbly, really listening. We were listening to what we wanted to hear.
0: Or I guess molding his answers more towards what you and already it's want. Right into
1: what we want to say. Yeah, it's exactly that. Yeah, okay, okay. And we came back after nine months and had this horrible prototype. So like it was big and clunky. And essentially there were bits that we couldn't figure out. So I was in charge of the hand design. And I knew Alex wanted to, he just wanted to hold a pen. That's what he'd said. And I decided the best way to do it was to make an articulated hand. And I still couldn't get it to quite grasp a pen with five individually movable digits. Because... A hand is frigging insane yeah. bit of technology. And so what I just bought, I bought um, a pack of 50 pence pen clips off of Amazon and just put a little plastic pen clip on the palm. You clip the pen in, and then the fingers closed around it. And the other bit we couldn't figure out was how to attach the hand to him. We couldn't make the sockets and traditional sockets like carbon fiber and everything. We didn't know how to do that. So we just got like a like fabric, sewed it into a bag shape, like a vague arm shape and just tightened it onto him. Anyway, so this is after nine months of working and uh, he tried it on, he was showing me everything and he's like, oh my God, I love this. And we're like, really? He's like, yeah, I love this. This fabric socket is so comfortable and I love this pen clip. And I was like, but Alex, Alex, look at look at my articulated hand. Look at all the, the intricate ways it moves. And he's like, yeah, I don't need any of that. I literally don't need any of that. Those two elements that took you a combined time of about 20 minutes are the, are the best things here. And that just reaffirmed everything that you kind of think about. Usually, it's like just listen to what they say, and now it's a joy. I love talking to people and letting them completely destroy my assumptions because then you know that they're genuine, and it's it's so much fun.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's so interesting that that was was the journey that you went down. I guess, yeah, because you could have easily, I guess, not had not had um, Alex there. And just like built a product, I guess gone gone even further down. You know, articulating hand. You could have gone even further. Technology tried to make the articulating hand even better. Yeah. Spending more time, money, like whatever. But it's something that I guess people didn't want, and that go that goes for a lot of other businesses as well. A lot of other startups that people, I mean, for people listening, um, don't spend ages like doing things if you have no end customer or end problem in your actual like in your vision. Yeah so yeah crazy interesting that that was the sort of like path you went down have you ever thought about what if alex wasn't there at all like if you never met him
1: i mean there's no way we would have had the support to to be able to get this far i wouldn't still be doing it now i'd be in a regular nine to five job it wouldn't have had the traction to get here um because for a year out of uni we essentially tried that and Alex wasn't involved day to day because he was living his own life and had his stuff to do and so we 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 kind of again we we took what we thought we understood and we we set up this project uh to make the prosthetic components and just make them and then we thought we'd put them online and just sell them and we hadn't properly tested like or, or really spoken to users about how they wanted to interact with their prosthetics or just their limb difference in general and so until the end of 2019 where we had this like pre-formed product we thought that we were going to list on the internet and, and we're getting all this feedback from people it's the first time we tested it on a large scale um and they said actually yeah know, these prosthetics are cool but i mean you know a prosthetic is one part of my life and like if i'm gonna have to keep buying these when my kid's growing and all this stuff i don't know if that's like I don't know if it's going to work, and so we thought we had this business idea that was that was nailed down. And still, this was fairly recently, we were like, "Oh, that's not quite it." And that's where Koala was born, where we realized, okay, it's a holistic service. It's people that we're helping. A prosthetic is one part of their journey, and it's one thing that we can offer, but it's people, and and it's also that also coincided when I went back to Alex and said, "Alex, you know what? This thing wasn't working. What should we do?" How do we do it? And that was March last year when we set up Koala as the brand. And and since then it's flown. It's, it's literally night and day. As soon as we recognize first port of call, cool, let's just sit down with our quote unquote customer, but our user, our partner, and ask them what they need and then use our skills as designers or whatever to make that. It's when we've taken off and completely rocketed. I think the pandemic's helped. But I mean, <laughs> that's, it's been night and day different. So I think without you, user at the start, without Alex, it was doomed to failure. I think most, well, I think things are, if if they don't have a need, they're probably doomed to failure. It's just a question of how long. How did that whole process of you kind of sitting down with customers actually start though? Because
0: I guess, so. You went from so you went from like testing this initial sort of product with Alex and then... You moved on to trying to sell online to, to a lot of, you know, a lot of opening up to people, but I guess what was the sort of like turning point? What made you think, well, firstly, this isn't working. And secondly, what is our way of getting out of this? Like, because a lot of, a lot of people will see that or like see, you know, maybe things weren't selling as well. They maybe think, okay, we've got the wrong distribution channel. Mm. We're selling on the wrong thing. We have to go through different channels, such as, you know, selling directly to, the NHS, for instance, that's what probably a lot of competitors do mm. uh to you know within this market. So I guess why how did you kind of pinpoint that this was the problem and
1: how did you kind of like get out of it? I think it comes back to I mean it's so easy to get like high on your own supply and think the solution you're making is awesome. Mm. But again, I think on the flip side of that i actually find it more enjoyable to have someone reveal to you how like foolish an idea was like to me that's really valuable when someone's like oh that obviously won't work because of this and you're like oh my god thank you like <laughs> that's so that's that's enjoyable and that like one that that it makes people feel comfortable to tell you if if you're missing something cuz very often your friends and family and your close people close you don't want to tell you stuff that you know, might say, but the other thing is just going back to what we were saying about like the conversations we were having. And so when we left uni, some of the first people who helped us find users to try out stuff were, were limb loss charities. And we went back to them at the start of like, you know, end of February, end of January and sort of asked them like, how, how do we, you know, what are, you, what are your guys' challenges? What, what do you hear from, from your community because you know charities are going to see a a more broader spread of people than us at the time just making prosthetics and they were saying things like well you know people are are confused they don't know what the right prosthetic for them is they don't know whether they even need it in the first place they also don't have any uses for it they don't know other people who use them they're sort of like this we're just hearing from all these different corners that like there's a lack of Information and a lack of connectivity in the Limnos community in general. We're just hearing this, it's sort of like it's hard to pinpoint when it exactly. Is. I think just having having the blinkers taken off. We just come back from this test of having the prosthetic that we thought was done, and people be like, ah, "I'm not that jazzed about it." So you're kind of like in this headspace where you're like, "Okay, let's forget all that. Let's just open mind. What's what is actually the problem?" And hearing that it's about feeling supported and then a pandemic happened and we were getting direct emails from people around the world saying my limb center's shut i can't access xyz support and realizing like right this is this is the acute need and actually a prosthetic is one part of that need that we already know how to do but there are these other parts as well and the penny kind of dropped where it's actually what 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 Many people in a limb different community are lacking. Are just someone open to talk to that doesn't have an axe to grind and and that have an open mind to try and solve their problems. And that's exactly what we are. And so that's how we sort of restructured and set up. And and then when you see that people are coming to you without you doing any marketing, any whatever, it's just word of mouth, and people are just coming to get to, to interact with you as much as they can. That sort of is like a feedback loop of oh whatever we're doing is working. And doing a service is hard it's hard to nail down and define it clearly but as the years gone on it becomes more and more obvious what you do that helps people and 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 so is that and it, it sometimes yeah sometimes it just takes very you know not bad things but like uh challenging things to happen
0: no just like yeah just like Endemic. differences Endemic. to what normally happens but yeah you just sit down and be like right i've
1: gone <laughs> wrong somewhere i've but- never gone wrong
0: Nate's really grown the business and has only been going for a year now, which is incredibly impressive. So, but but the business has gone through many different iterations and structures. So I really wanted to kind of talk to him about, you know, the the transition periods to to how he's gone from, you know, the business, how it was in the beginning to now it's more of a holistic approach to actually providing more services towards, you know, people who need prosthetics around, you know, stuff like support, as well as the actual prosthetics themselves. And so I really wanted to kind of talk to, talk to Nate more about the overall structure of the business and also where he sees it going for the future.
1: It's a tough thing to cost and that's what we found. So we find it, it works easiest when we explain it to people because there's say maybe four main ways that someone can pay for prosthetic services. So that, when I say that, I mean that includes the device itself and the materials that goes into making that device but also the initial Traditionally, you have a consultation to with doctors and clinicians to figure out what a patient might need then there's a period where they go away look at all the devices they have match it to the right person then there's follow-up there's fitting and then there's checking back in six months a year whatever whatever so there's all arounding services but what we kind of realize in, the, in, in pretty much any country around the world there's only like three or four ways that that gets paid for either like you're in the uk and you've got a centralized healthcare system that will pay for it or you're somewhere like america where you have lots of insurance that will pay for it you Have insurance cover there's not really any where currently but there's no reason that someone couldn't pay for it themselves like when you buy your own glasses frames um and then you have like and wait before before you move on let's just let's just say quickly that the the
0: prosthetic that you showed me before we hit record how much was it just so people understand why it's qu- it's not very easy for them to uh to buy outright well, themselves it's
1: actually it's so good because i mean it's it's something that that people don't realize especially in the uk because N- i didn't i
0: i didn't know this so like this is like pretty yeah i had no idea
1: So this prosthetic i'm holding here so like this is like a traditional it's a rigid kind of prosthetic and it's got like a like a metal hook on the end And this is like a state-of-the-art one that has all the electronics the quote-unquote brain controlled ones that you'd you'd see on you know on telly on good morning britain or whatever but you know this arm is when i ask people to guess it's normally like okay is it a thousand pounds two thousand pounds this- I said, I said five hundred. I think five hundred. Yeah, you were looking for a bargain. This, yeah, I
0: said five hundred pounds. Yeah, this arm is twenty five thousand pounds. That's like a yes yeah. nice car. It's pretty mental. Yeah, <laughs> it's like an for an- people for people listening mm-hmm. on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever. You can you can you can watch the like full conversation with Nate on on YouTube now, and you can see like what he's talking about this like prosthetic arm that he's, he's holding up right now yeah, you're probably is imagining 25 like, grand, which is oh, like mental to me. 25 crate, it must be like
1: like bejeweled and it must be made of gold and it must have- Yeah, like, it's, it's like gold. diamonds on it. It's <laughs> what it looks like, but it's not. Um, it's very much a Captain Hook kind of thing. Um, and so that's why you can't just go online and buy them typically. So again, government, insurance, you happen to be a millionaire, you can pay it yourself. Or maybe there's a charity that will sponsor it for you. The easiest of those that we just started talking to, because they're set up by like minded people like us that just want to, you know, be useful and help, were the charities. And so we went to the charities and we're just having conversations. And they they essentially said, like, look, I mean, we don't normally fund prosthetics because we'd have to pick our favorite member, do all of our fundraising over the year and just pick them. But they're saying, like, what would it take with, you know, koala sleeves and tools, uh, what would it take to fund every child in the UK? And we're like, well, um, you know, it would cost this much. You know, it would cost, you know, one fiftieth of the of the price of, of traditionally. And this coincided with the pandemic when charities can't really fundraise over events because people aren't allowed to go meet up. And so they're like, Holy hell, well we can what if we pulled together and just as a as a consortium as a group fundraised around these. And so what we'll, would we'll fundraise and then for the funds that come in, you provide the the service to the people. So include everything, include the fitting, the matching and the components and the follow-up and just look after this person. Um and they got that whole like holistic approach, this that holistic service. And that was where we started. And that gave us the I guess the evidence base, because we were doing like you know, 10, 20, 40 people with them. To go to NHS clinics and say that we're already doing this, and we know for a fact that NHS clinics were like really struggling, especially when people couldn't travel. And we're saying, can we help you? And having evidence base, one or two of them, and now we've got like several dozen that say yes. Now we can help, and it sort of built up the ladders. So we're only a year old, but the next places we're looking are now we've got even more evidence base to go to insurance companies and to go to the government um, and just take that stepping stone approach. But it all started again. It just came back to it. All started with finding people who are super close to the users and that was charities and just asking them, what do you think we should do? And, you know, once, as soon as we framed the question the right way, like, what do people really want and what are they asking you for? They told us the answer that was like, Oh, we can do that. And it sort of built up from
0: there. I guess like about your product, would you say, or about your service as, as it were, um, what would you say you're kind of like competing on with, I guess, everyone else? Because I mean, cost is like a big thing that you probably are competing on. But as you said, like there's comfort as well. So I guess like what are the kind of differences, main differences you'd say between like yourselves and I guess what I'm trying to say basically is why hasn't anyone done this
1: before? Oh, yeah, I, I that I don't know the honest answer. I have suspicions that are formed over while well, the time we've been doing it. I mean, so like for for context, ours are made like clothes. So ours are like soft and flexible and uh they're like one twentieth of the weight. and then we just have different tools that, that clip on and clip off so it's very simple and it's something that you, you buy like clothing we just pop it in the post and send it to you so you don't need to go to a clinic you don't need to do these things that are hard to do during a pandemic so um or that are hard to do if you're in a remote remote part of the planet you know you don't live near a clinic they look, they look cooler as well. Like the other ones seemed a bit like clunky. Oh, thank you. Well I mean this is what I, we, me and Alex talk about a lot where it's you know, you're wearing these things. So to us they're less like medical devices. they're more like functional clothing, you know and it's a big part of you could take the in medical insight, it's a big part of like psychology and just your you know your mental well-being to feel confident in yourself. But also like just there's just an angle of like things that should look cool and it's very important for kids as well. Parents want their child if they're going to school with a limb difference, like they're saying we want to change that first conversation from the other kids being kids and saying, Oh, what's wrong with your arm? to them saying like, Oh, that's so cool, what are you wearing? Where do I get one? you know, so it's it's all different kind of <laughs> elements of it. Um, but I've gone off a tangent. I've forgotten your original question. I'm sorry. Why hasn't anyone doing done this? The original it? question. I think. I think the first thing is there's a lack of people looking at it. I think it's such a niche industry. Um, and I think people get into it the way we got into it, where we thought prosthetics was sorted, and we saw what was on TV, and we saw the glitzy, glamorous stuff, and we saw the journal articles about add sensors here, add motors here, this, that, this. And I think most people get distracted by that, engineers, good people, smart people, and they get so far down the process that when they actually talk to a user and the user's saying, can I have this completely different thing? It's a bit too late to, to switch track. Whereas we just happened to do that uh, the first step and got taken down this path because we had no, we had no prior assumptions other than what users were telling us. Um, and I think also, I mean, prosthetics industry is old. like the companies that do them were founded before the nhs like before the war before both wars um and they're so huge there's two massive companies in the industry they don't really have the incentive to change because they're you know doing yeah. fine
0: if they're making profits <laughs> then why change yeah they're doing they're yeah doing fine but like do you feel like because we've had someone on the podcast before where she's making like an app for um like fitness but specifically tailored towards disabled people mm-hmm. and and she was saying how like again I asked her the same thing. Why hasn't anyone done this before? It seems like a you know something that needs to happen. It seems like a logical thing. You know, you got you got tons of fitness apps, but then they're like they're kind of forgetting about the disabled. Yeah. And it's like why? So I think a question I'd love to pose to you, having been in this industry for a year, you know, more than a year now, do you feel like the I guess the disabled community as a whole is very underrepresented with the products and startups that are coming out because like that's
1: the sort of message she was coming out with. What do you think? Alex is amazing to talk about this. So he's an interior designer and his pet peeve. So he's in a wheelchair and he's lost both of his arms. His pet peeve is that any product made for quote unquote disabled people, any aid, it looks like an aid and it's designed with the mindset of this person is broken. Um, I'm going to fix them. And it's just, it's, it's a mentality that if you do that, you're, you're, you're really limited in what you can get out of it. Whereas, and we find it with prosthetics that just doesn't fly because if people have lost their limb and have lived for a few years, humans are so resilient. They're fine. They've figured out a way to do stuff with their stump and for kids who have been born without a limb, they've never lost anything they haven't known anything so they're fine too so it, there's nothing i can do to quote unquote fix people they're, they're absolutely fine what does fly is looking at it like what new exciting things can we do together because that takes you down a completely different path and i just think it's interesting that all the products made for disabilities are normally obviously you know there are exceptions but they're normally made by people who don't have that disability and it seems obvious to me that if you ask people who do live with you know who are differently abled in that way they would have already thought about a really intuitive interesting solution that hasn't been done before um i think that's the exciting part she was disabled at this felt like her name's pravjoth she yeah she
0: she's got cerebral palsy that's why she found it really difficult. So it came out of a a problem that she's had that is, so and she was saying like it's yeah, it's it's just an
1: underrepresented literally bit that, of, bit you, of like the demographic i'm so, I'm gonna go listen to that podcast right now, because i I bet she would have had so many just like seemingly really obvious episodes eighteen no else is it eighteen? I'm going to get on. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. Don't quote me on that. Really, but that's the thing.
0: But Prav just gill, if anyone's interested, like if you search back, it's quite an old one, but it's a good one. It's one of my like highest played. It's really good.
1: I think that's, that's the I think, exciting thing. And I, and I see more and more cool health tech things for that community. But it is one of the things, where I guess, you need to see more of it to know that it's a problem. I, as an engineer, didn't appreciate that there were lots of unsolved problems in that kind of industry. And it's only by a chance meeting with Alex that you see a gaping one. And I think there's probably hundreds. So I I, I hope more and more people look at it, to be honest.
0: Well, I, I hope like from listening to this podcast, you know, a lot of young people do listen to this podcast and I hope they found inspiration from you to maybe go into this market and solve, because there's so many problems, as you say, like there's so many, that's I guess, blind spots for, for a lot of people that's like, This doesn't really exist for me, so why should I fix it when, in actual fact, like it's it's huge. So, and again, like going back to your the competitors or the people in the market at the moment, a lot of these players, a lot of the players are already competing. They've been around for you know decades, and someone has to disrupt them. And if that someone, I mean, that could be a young person, that could be anyone. So, yeah, I, I really hope that someone listening will probably, like, get inspiration from you and kind of, yeah, do a similar thing to what you're doing because Koala seems like, an well, it is, yeah, it's an incredible business that you started. So, yeah, massive, massive credit to you. And uh, thank you so much oh, for coming on the podcast. Yeah, um, how, can, how can people stay in touch with you, stay in touch with Koala in,
1: in the meantime uh, going forward? Because I'm sure a lot of people want to check it out. Oh, I mean, well, we're actually partnering with a lot of those charities I mentioned earlier, Douglas Bada Foundation, Reach um to run what we call project limitless to raise funds to give every child in the uk a prosthetic limb for free which is just so cool to be a part of so i'd encourage anyone if they fancy you know giving 50p or a tedder and helping a a child who couldn't get one otherwise get an arm go to um our website www.yourkoala with that's koala with two a's at the end for reasons.com forward slash project limitless and follow the links and if not just check it out and see the cool stuff we're doing but no pleasure that'd, that'd be lovely
0: cool i hope you had a good time on the podcast um oh, yeah it was gosh. such a good episode really really inspired myself so i really hope a lot of people got inspiration as well oh pleasure sir. No, thank you so much for having me cool see you later nate thank you so much cheers man speak soon thank you so much for listening to this episode of the millennial entrepreneur i really appreciate it that you've made it to the very end of the episode um thank you so much for making it to the very end if you did enjoy please be sure to leave a written review on apple podcasts and i'll give you a shout on the next episode of a way as a way of saying thank you for the support also recently the podcast has gone on youtube so you can actually watch every episode including this one on youtube so the full the full uncut sort of interview with the guests so if you like looking at people's faces while they talk <laughs> that's the that's the you know the platform for you so in the future all episodes will be on youtube so yeah some people like listening some people like watching so, it's open to everyone. Um, the YouTube link will be in the description below. And yeah, while you're there, leave a subscription. Subscription? He says subscription. Subscribe. And uh, yeah, like like the recent episodes or whatever. Share it with your friends, all of that good stuff because you don't want to miss any future episodes. Also, follow us on Instagram. That's where all the new episodes and previews get announced. So, yeah, thank you again for listening to the very end of the episodes. And I'll see you in the next one.